Welcome to episode 41 of the Champs and Chums podcast. I'm Anthony. And I'm Ashton. Father-son fun talk on sports, life, and friendship. Coming up on episode 41, laying out our welcome mat to kick off the new year. We'll go one-on-one and best of with broadcaster of soccer, football, and TSN media personality, Matthew Shinetti. Father-son free-for-all will gaze the New Year's sports crystal ball. We'll go gold, silver, bronze for fearless sports predictions. And we'll head for home on episode 41 with our special segments. All Pro Go, a did-you-know sports spotlight, and champs and chums personal salutes to our stars on and off the field. That's all coming up on episode 41 of the Champs and Chums podcast. Thanks for listening. Welcome back to Champs and Chums. Happy January. No, no. Happy New Year, everybody. We hope you're doing well. It's Anthony and Ashton in the broadcast booth. We hope you had a great holiday season. It's January, the month of January, the start of lots of great new and exciting things. We hope you're off to a great start. So glad that you're with us here on episode 41 of Champs and Chums. And as I always do, now entering our fourth year of broadcasting father-son fun talk about sports life and friendship the star of the show my co-host Ashton Ashton how you doing my man I'm doing great I can't wait to start off this uh 41st episode and this is going to be the range of 40 to 50 so that's right my man we were just talking about that a little bit off air it's uh it's it's a great start to the year uh it's it's a great show that we got planned for you our our guests but kind of looking out into the calendar as we flip from january through the uh the spring and into the summer into the fall i mean if we can make it my friend we are going to hit a big mile like we've had some big milestones on the show on this father-son project but What's happening um, later this year? Well, um, later this year in October, um, as as uh, you guys know, we started in October of 2019. That will mark 50 episodes of Champs and Chums. Exactly, exactly. Four years of Champs and Chums uh, in that month of October 2023, later this year, 50 episodes we're going to find a big way to celebrate. But we, as we always say, Ashton, because we're pros, one show at a time, one great experience, one small step forward, being consistent, striving to be great, being perfectly committed to the process. And I know we'll hit that big, uh, big milestone in October. So good stuff. So, well, let's get into it. How's the new year been for you, my man? Uh, it's it's uh, at the time of this recording we're nearing the end of the month but uh, how's january been for you it's been good um it's been very exciting it's been um very good for a good uh, month for school and um 
It's been a great month. Well, tell us a little bit about it. Like, what kind of fun activities, things you've done in school, out of school, that's kind of landed in our lap for January? Hmm. Uh, well, I mean, it wasn't, maybe it, it wasn't really the new year. But well, it's been very eventful for sure. I mean, let's yeah, think about... My Christmas, my Christmas break was really, really amazing. Oh, well, let's dial back there. Sorry, I, I, sorry, I, I should have started with uh, December because that's right, Ashton. Uh, at the time of a recording, we bid adieu. We wished everybody a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year just before Santa Claus came to town. And actually, it, it gives me great pleasure to shout out to Santa Claus again, who was an amazing guest, Ashton. Now, uh, what did you want to say about Santa? Well, he was a great guest, and uh, I lo- I've uh, loved having him on, and uh, let's go for uh, four years. Well, that was the holiday hat trick, and I think we have it on good authority. We had it on live recording, Ash, and that he actually did promise us that he'd come on for year four. Yep. Well, that's good stuff, but uh, yeah, well, let's uh, let's track back. What were some of the great highlights and things you did over the Christmas, uh, Christmas holiday? Well, uh, the first day... Um, uh, we went to the Leafs Next Gen game. Well, that was a great experience. That was a little different in terms of the way they presented the game, but it was a lot fun for, I guess, people like you, Ashton. Yeah, it was uh, really, really fun. Uh, gets uh, You get a chance to uh, really see what the Next Gen Leafs are all about. Uh, they beat the Flyers, and uh, it was a great game. Well, it sure was, and uh, do you remember the time when we, um, it was intermission, uh, and we, we, we saw our, 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 our best of guest, our champ and chum, one Ailish Forfar. Uh, it was great to uh, connect with her just briefly over text, but we, we took this picture, Ashton, of Ailish, who uh, sort of adorned the, 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 um, the, the great score clock at uh, Scotiabank Arena. She's doing an amazing job, not only as morning show host on The Fan, but also the in-game host at all Maple Leaf games. So shout out to a friend of the show, Ailish Forfar. Jeez, let me dial back here. That would be episode, I believe, 30, 31 or 32, Ashton? Uh, this would have been... 32. Episode 32. So yeah, it was great to uh, to see Ailish down there. And that was a Leaf win, if I remember. Yep, the Leafs beat the Flyers. Great stuff. Yeah, that was a great time we had down there. And... Uh, and what else? What else were some of the, the highlights for, for Christmas time for you? Hmm. Um, I think Disney Immersive was a really, really good, cool, cool and good experience. It was, you know, something you probably wouldn't experience for a Disney kind of level, but it was uh, really fun. They had uh, huge screens. They had all the effects going in the background. They had bubbles. They had... Uh, yeah, we won't we won't break it break the uh, break it for all the fans who may not have checked it out yet. But yeah, we were there uh, just before Christmas, I believe, and uh, yeah, it was a great experience. We went in the in the early morning in the daytime, um, and uh, yeah, it's it's just a it's a magical place, as they always say, as 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 you walk into Disney, and the same thing for the immersive. So check it out. It's just on the corner of Young and Lakeshore at the old Toronto Star Building, which was a lot of fun because during my days in sports communications, I used to pay many visits there, meeting some very formidable and famous media personnel that would work in sports. So that was a lot of fun. 
And uh, how how could we forget the medieval times? Well, I certainly haven't forgot it, Ash. Now, listen, our, our all forty one episodes for you are great fans of the show. We always think, and Ash, and we've talked about this, how this is such a great life skill to be able to describe and and share pictures and descriptions as you communicate every show. It's a great life skill. So I'm looking at it here, ladies and gentlemen. Um, it's not just any kind of credential. It's not just any kind of pass. I mean, this is this is the VIP of royalty as it's inscribed on the back and the front of this uh, pass. But Ashton, and, and this was a first-time experience for father and son and some of the family members that joined us for that experience. But what was that like, medieval times? It was different. Um, you know... Um, all the challenges they did were, uh, really, really good. And, uh, you know, it was kind of, it was kind of scary what they did at the end, fighting with the swords and the sparks of fire go off when, uh, when the, when they, the, when the swords hit. When irons clash and collide, Ashton, right? Uh, Big things happen. Yeah, that was, that was a great experience. And, uh, you know, fans were, were, um, we're big fans of the Raptors. I don't know if these, um, these, uh, uh, I guess you'd call them these, uh, these competitors, these, uh, these joust participants, right? We were on Team Red, so they must have known we were big Raptors, Raptors 905 uh, fans, Ashton. But uh, red and yellow. Oh, red and yellow. But how did it all turn out? Was our was our guy, our our fearless leader, the winner at the end of the competition? No, he was trash. Well, I wouldn't say he was trash. He gave it his all, which we always do and say on Champs and Chums. But he definitely got outlasted by some really um, top-notch talent. Yeah, I mean, well, he won once. He actually won once. And then um, it was the Green Knights that won the whole... That's right. That's right. So, uh, yeah, it was a great time, great experience. If you haven't checked it out, probably a great thing to... uh, well, actually, <laughs> fans, this is making me think of just some of the pregame festivities before medieval times. And, you know, there's some wonderful things to see, do, and indulge in. And one of the things that we actually did, Ashton, was, um, and, and geez, I've never had this happen before, but it was very ceremonial when father and son got knighted. Yes. Why do you talk a bit about that? Well, getting knighted was really fun. You got to hear your name, and um, now you just always talk about how you have a bad knee from the knighting. Well, yeah. I mean, uh, you know, the, the queen was there, uh, so gracious, such uh, such poise as she addressed us. And yes, fans, um, you know, uh, it must have been the bad knee from my soccer day. So kneel down for an extended period of time, had a little trouble getting up. The video would prove that, and I think I did a little number on my knee, but it was worth it. It was real worth it, Ashton, because... No, sorry, go ahead. And you also... Wanted, and also wanted to intercept here. We, we saw the uh, we saw the horses. You, you get to see the horses in one area. They were huge. I, I don't know how they get that huge. And um, we had like... Well, half... I can tell you why. It's all the meal. Like holy uh, jumping the 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 meal that was served there and we was had, enough like, to feed a football ha- team. We had like half a chicken. 
Well, half half like a huge chicken. I don't know. This this chicken looked like the size of a CFL football, Ashton. The size that came on our plate. But shout out to the fine folks at Medieval Times. Great experience if you haven't checked it out. And uh, yeah, so on we are here to January, Ashton. And how's uh, how is uh, how you kicked off the year when it comes to school? Well, uh, I've done pretty good. I've uh, done better in math and better in English and um, all those subjects. And um, it's been a really great year for uh, it's, it's going to be a great year for um, school and academic success. School, academic success, the intersection in sports and, and fun and activity. All of those things are great ingredients, Asha, to be a good student athlete. And uh, yeah, I mean, uh, great. You know, you showed some great resolve in the extra work you've put in to, to, um, to get better at, at math and to, to keep up with all the other subjects that you star in. So we talk a lot about it here on Champs and Chums, everybody. You know, putting in the work, preparing uh making that commitment having a purpose to 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 reach new levels ashton it's january and i think you'll continue to soar if you keep up that great attitude about things um talking about soaring though ashton you know fans we are big fans of the raptors 905 and uh they are starting to soar up the standings at the time of this recording everybody um they uh, have now won four in a row, going for five tomorrow night at the barn, the Paramount Fine Food Center. That roster, Ashton, is starting to shape up quite well. Yeah, um, they just, uh, uh, well, Christian Coloco went down to the 905, and um, he's, he, well, he's tall, he's... Uh, seven foot one, I yes. believe, Ashton. He's, he's seven one. Seven one. Uh, Six six feet nine inches, and um, he, you know, he he can block. I mean, that's kind of what the nine oh five need. They need someone who can, you know, block um block a shot, who can contest a shot, and um, and uh, the shooting they've already got down. Like they're they're really good at shooting. And uh, I think with Coloco, that's another big, um, that's another another big step ahead into uh, their roster being a, a really great roster. Well, when you speak of Coloco, it's not it's not big steps ahead; it's enormous, it's gigantic uh, steps they're going to take. I, I don't know how long you'll be with the nine hundred five. The Raptors themselves, the big club, are yeah, Ashton. I mean, at the time of this recording, I mean, trade deadlines only, I believe, a couple weeks away. So. Um, I think it's a couple of weeks away. I'll have to check that off the air, but it, it it is approaching. And so lots of big strategic questions, everybody, about like, what's the model? What's um, Masai and Bobby going to be doing as they either consider a retool of the team? Uh, you know, you got guys like uh, FVV, Pascal, Gary Trent Jr. I mean, are these guys the formative pieces to be able to... Uh, to, to, I wouldn't say rebuild, but maybe retool around Ashton. I mean, I think that's the big thing. Um, so we'll see if Coloco spends some more time down the 905. I mean, listen, first round, first round draft pick by the, or first round selection by the Raptors. We'll see. You wanted to mention something, Ashton. Uh, yeah, I think, you know, I think 
do the Raptors? Do you think the Raptors have enough salary cap to go pick up of f- a few more players? Well, that's a really good question. I mean, I I think uh, Masai and Bobby have been very strategic in the way you're right, and in all sports, right? Not just the NBA, but it could be Major League Baseball. Although Major League Baseball has the luxury tax, so you could actually over budget and overpay. You've seen some evidence of of, of Rogers uh, stepping in to invest under the the leadership of. Uh, of uh, Mark Shapiro and Ross Atkins. But yeah, coming back to your good question about the Raptors. um, Yeah, I mean, I I think uh, they have to kind of look at their personnel. They have to look at maybe the next couple years on how they can get back in the conversation, right? I mean, they're they're not there right now. I mean, even if they were to push and and go over the brink or just under the brink or near the salary cap, they I mean, still what, wouldn't be. Well, that's in what I mean. What are they going to be to do? They they, they, yeah. they wouldn't be in the conversation. They wouldn't be championship, right? So I think um, you know, uh, Masai and Bobby are smart uh, uh, general managers. They know when to hold them, know when to fold them. I think if they they push too hard this season, I don't think they're going to see the the uh, the championship impacts that we all experienced as a country back in 2019. So, but great question, my man. I like. We were just talking about that just the other day about even your your knowledge of baseball has really grown. And Ashton and I were talking about like what's the formation going to be in the outfield for the Jays because we're so excited for that season. Kiermaier uh, Center, uh, Varsho, uh, le- uh, Varsho and left, and Varsho then, and left then Springer, and Springer shifts right. over to right because of the because of the niece, or they're not even just the niece. <laughs> Speaking of niece, but also let's not forget, fans. Uh, uh, Springer had that uh, concussion. Yeah, I, I wonder how he's doing uh, right now. I well, I hope he's. I hoping. I'm hoping uh, Georgie Boy's doing great. He's resting up and he's getting ready for 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 a big season. Um, but yeah, Raptors 905 action, lots coming up uh, there. But listen, Ashton, speaking of big time sports and speaking of kicking off the new year right, we were in our city downtown just, just at the time of this recording last weekend. And um, all I can say, I guess, fans, is that uh, last Friday night at the time of this recording in, in, uh, in, the, in our city of Brampton, there was a hundred percent probability of gray in the forecast, Ash. And what did that all mean? Well, that meant that the Grey Cup was coming to Brampton. It sure did. And not only did uh, the Grey Cup come to Brampton, the Holy Grail, one of the most legendary sports trophies in all of North American team sports. It's actually, I think, the oldest. I'd have to double check my notes there. But not only did the Grey Cup come their way, but two members of the championship Argonauts team came by, Ash. So what was the connection there? Well, um, the connection was that uh, Sam Achiampong, he was a great player for the Argos, and um, Robbie Smith, he was the one who made the famous block to um, block the field goal oh, yeah. of, of the Winnipeg uh, Blue Bombers. Like, honestly, fans, if you haven't seen the last, uh, let's say the last... Uh, few minutes. Ten, yeah, 10 minutes, but I guess the, when it got down to the, the last few seconds, I've never seen such exciting football, pro football, before played in Canada with that back and forth of the Grey Cup. Um, and yeah, Robbie Smith two, uh, and Sam, two Bramptonians, proudly came back to their city hoisting hoisting the gray cup the legendary trophy over their shoulders and um it was great too we didn't get a chance to to kind of 
chat with him, but it was great to see our great leader, uh, episode 10 guest, uh, Mayor Patrick Brown out there, lots of members of the community out there. And, and you got a chance to talk to Robbie and Sam. What did they say? Well, they were um, like super nice and they said, well, you know, you can go anywhere. Uh, you can do whatever you want to do if you put your mind to it. And um, they, well, I, I said I, I did like football and they said, that's great. Uh, I mean, they are professional football players and they said, well, you know, you have a passion in football, play it, try it. And uh, it, it, they said it'll be fun. It sure will be, and uh, maybe just a quick, because I'm, I'm thinking about this fun moment this year, because we were talking about things recapping for, sorry, this month, sorry, and uh, we always seem to slide back to our, our, our friends at the Raptors 905, Ash, and we got bowled over this month, like really got bowled over by a great event and community. Why don't you tell the fans a little bit about our, our great uh, night out with the Raptors 905? Well, uh, yeah, we went bowling at Classic Bowl Mississauga, and um, we had the chance to bowl with Demetrius Nichols, which is the assistant coach, and um, he's a great guy. I got I got so many signatures on my jersey. Man, I, I couldn't believe it. That's right. It, it's <laughs> and, like it, it kind of colors the red, actually, Ashton. Yeah, it kind of does. And uh, I got, yeah, I even got stripes to sign it. Yeah, it was a fun night. The Raptors 905 do it so right. They're, they're such big... Uh, it's just great to actually be able to, to connect with the players that way. I mean, when we usually see them, which is game day, I mean, they're, all, they're in total game mode. They focus, they concentrate just like good pros do, and everybody's real respectful of that and gives them the space they need. But to see the players out there just, you know, having a great time, lots of laughs... Uh, and coming around to meet all the all the, the the members, it was just a great night. So shout out to our friends at the Raptors 905. You guys, uh, we just love we love the game. We love what you do, and uh, we'll be out there supporting you in the new year. Um, well, Ashton, let's dial it back a little bit to football because you mentioned lots of autographs you got from the 905. Then we bring it back to Robbie and Sam, and we're now looking at this great football that they signed as well too. Um, we have, everybody, a signature guest, a signature special guest coming up who has a major connection to CFL football from the broadcast side. Ashton, tell all the fans who's coming up on episode 41. A uh, broadcaster of soccer, uh, football, and a TSN media personality, Matthew Shinetti. Oh man, another great guest. What a way to kick off episode, uh, the new year. That's uh, TSN media personality, Matthew Shinetti, and uh, millions of fans. Ashton, just only a few weeks ago, in December, saw Matthew take on the biggest of international world stage as he joined the TSN broadcast team and starred on TSN, the network, through all the FIFA World Cup coverage. Uh, you could see some of his um, great interviews that he's had with like Tejon Buchanan and uh, Jonathan David and uh, so many other Canadian players. He spent a lot of time with them getting real great uh, uh, feature stories and uh, obviously had a chance to connect uh, many stories from all the other great um, uh, things that are going on just outside the outside the lines right just off the pitch and uh 
Not only does he do great work for examples on uh, soccer uh, with what he did on World Cup and MLS, but he is a big part of the CFL broadcast team as one of the reporters. You see him on a on a weekly basis on the field uh, in those signature game day chucks. Ashton, this 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 broadcaster is one of the most styling and profiling guys I think I've ever seen on network television. Yeah, I think so too. Uh, he's got the same game day chucks. He's got those uh, different ones every game game week. It's a different one that he showcases. And uh, he's got uh, really really nice suits. And um, there, uh, his his he's styling and profiling out uh, on uh, out, out at uh, the Ar- Argo Stadium BMO Field. Yeah, and many other stadiums as well, too, right, in covering the CFL. So, yeah, you don't want to miss it, everybody. A great way to kick off the new year. TSN media personality Matthew Shinetti will join us on the show. Uh, it'll be a great, great uh, interview and chat with uh, a broadcaster who seemed to have done it all at such a ripe young age. Ashton, it's been uh, Raptors he's covered, the Leafs he's covered as well, too, on the beat. Um he was at the 2018 Olympics in Pyeongchang as well, too. NASCAR. I mean, it's going to be a great interview. You won't want to miss it. That's Matthew Shinetti coming up on the show. Okay, good stuff. So, Ashton, um, all this talk about the new year, and we've done this as well before, it's time, ladies and gentlemen, fans of the show, for your co-host, your father and son duo, to gaze the sports crystal ball and start talking about our fearless sports predictions for 2023. So uh, Ashton's going to go through his gold, silver, bronze for fearless sports predictions, and he's going to go into a little bit about the why, and uh, so is Dad. So Ashton, uh, take it away with your your bronze medal for fearless sports predictions. Well, my bronze medal is that the Leafs will pass the first round. The first round of the Stanley Cup playoffs? Yes. You mean the team that actually hasn't passed the first round since 2004, Ashton? Like we're talking, what is that now, 19 years? Yeah, I th- I think because, you know, this year they have such a powerful team and, you know, um, they got Matt Murray in goal, Ilya Samsonov, and... Um, all those great guys to uh, really carry carry them past um, uh, round one. And I think uh, if they go even further, I think they could win the Stanley Cup. Well, well let, let's, let's hold on with, you know, you're staring in the crystal ball really good because you came up with two there. Let's start with the first one. I mean, I agree with you on your bronze medal choice. I think that um, you mentioned uh, the, the, the two tenders in goal, uh, that of, Matt Murray and Ilya Samsonov, they've both have, uh, done very well. Two great, uh, shrewd, uh, uh, great value pickups by uh, GM Kyle Dubas. Uh, you know, Matthew, Ma- uh, Matthews, um, Murray has uh, sort of fallen a little bit of tough, tough time. So it looks like um, um, uh, Samsonov is, is sort of grabbing the, that number one uh, attending spot for now. But Ashton, you know, you know all too well, the fans of this show and all, all the fans of Leaf Nation know this. Show me what you can do when April hits. What you're doing now is great, but the level of intensity, what it takes to actually um, to perform at an extra higher level when the playoffs are on is a different thing. 
I mean, what do you even think about the toughness of this team, right? And I don't mean toughness like fighting toughness. The toughness that's going to be required, the endurance and the, and the motivation to be team tough. How do you think they're going to fare that way? Well, yeah, I think they're going to fare pretty good with um, all their good pickups. And, um, you know, uh, I could, me and you, we, we seem to think that Matthews in, in the uh, regular season is, um, he's fine. He's, he's all in it. But, you know, in the playoffs, he kind of just, you know, slows down a little. But this year, if Matthews can say, all right, boys, get on my back, we're going to, we're going to, like past the first round, that's that's kind of what we need from Matthews, Martner, Riley, yeah, Nylander. Well, I mean, Tavares. listen, the star-studded lineup for sure, and at and near the top of or at the top of that list has got to be AM34. And I would agree with you. We've talked off air many a times when you and I are just chatting about father-son fun talk about sports, life, and friendship. You know, Matthews, it's 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 a bit difficult for him, right? Especially in the playoffs, where the where the I I, I don't say literally. But in playoff hockey, Ashton, the ice gets smaller. There's going to be some hard checking. There's going to be some, uh, you know, some some bigger bumps against Matthews. They're going to want to try to uh, eliminate him on the ice. So what that means is that the other players actually have to step up. So I think, you know, the, some of the moves that they'll look to make, I hope, during the tra- trade deadline will address this. I mean, I think what, what uh, Dubas has done from a defensive end to try to bring in some players who are going to show, uh, you know, they can play the system. They can make that great first pass. What a fleece he made actually picking up Connor Timmons, right? I mean, so this is the kind of stuff that your dad takes watch of is, um, you know, the moves they're going to make to develop that team toughness, that endurance, which you need to win. What's the magic number, Ashton, to the Stanley Cup? 16. 16, yep. 16 wins to to raise the holy grail good stuff well i could talk about leafs all day but it's now time for dad's bronze medal for fearless sports predictions and i'm going to tell you everybody just because we have our best of guest and all the uh, excitement since the uh, world cup which just uh, happened last month our local team the toronto fc will rebound so well this coming season ashton that they're actually going to make the mls playoffs what do you think about that? Well, yeah, they have such a strong team, and um, obviously the the star player that we're all going to keep our eyes on is uh, Insignia. Uh, he, uh, hopefully he's going to do well this season. Well, hopefully he'll be back and, and signed up to ready to go. I mean, they, they have had some a little bit of retooling that's necessary, especially in one of the most, most important uh, positions on the field, that's goaltending. So they're looking to make some key acquisitions there. I just think you got, you know, a guy like Bob Bradley, who's so experienced uh, on the international stage. He's um, not only the coach, the field general, but he's also the general to help shape uh, uh, key acquisitions, whether it be on the international side or even cross-divisional pickups. Um, he's a good judge of talent. I think he just needs a little time to, to build up the system and get the boys to buy in. I predict, everybody, that the Toronto FC will be back in the MLS playoffs. Ashton, over to you for your silver medal. Well, uh, my silver medal is the Argos will uh, do a repeat and win the Grey Cup again. Hold on a second here. So let's set this straight, everybody. So double A, that's you. 
are thinking that the double blue, that's the Argos, are going to have a double Grey Cup championship? Yes. Well, wow. Uh, double me wowed by that. Wouldn't that be special? I mean, what, why? Why do you think that the Argos are going to repeat as Grey Cup champions? Well, you know, I mean, they've had, they have such a great team. I mean, the dedication, the hard work, the passion that they put in to, uh, for, uh, well, who are some of the players that, that, that the fans got to watch, like that are going to sort of take them to the promised land? Uh, definitely, uh, Speedy Banks. Well, Speedy Banks, just so you know, Ashton, you might have missed that press release. He actually, uh, they parted ways. Oh, no. So he's no longer with the Argos. My best guess, and we'll have to ask our, our best of guest, who's a CFL insider, Matthew Shinetti, I think he's going back to the Ticats. Yeah, he's going to go back to the He might cats. retire as a Ticat. He, he's he's going to retire as a Ticat. So let's go on to some other players, right? I mean, they've got a great receiving core, lots of weapons. Andrew Harris, A.J. Ouellette, what a great backfield that is. Yeah, A.J. Ouellette's a great player. He's got great speed, uh, great tackling, and um, he's just a great player overall. And also, players should watch, uh, well, I, I wouldn't say you should watch them, but I, I re- I'm really thinking about this. Do... They put McLeod Bethel Thompson as their start as their starter, or or as their starting quarterback, or, the guy who or Chad Kelly, from, yeah, or I think Chad that, Kelly. That, that's I a, think they're going to put Chad Kelly in. Well, that's a great strategic question, Ash, and I'm glad that you raised that because I mean McLeod Bethel Thompson was the guy that kind of led them to the final, but you know, and and let's let's be fair to to Macbeth. Macbeth had the hand injury, which is the reason why he had to be pulled. He wasn't moving the team down the field or sorry up the field um chad kelly comes in the backup and basically won it for them yeah and i think there's an example of a guy that uh who's young enough his game he's a mobile quarterback um not incredibly big as as Macbeth, but you know um you know yeah it's it's gonna be a tricky thing right so We'll see. I mean, Coach Dinwiddie and the great Mike Pinball Clemens have a lot of big questions to answer themselves in probably the most most important position on a football field, which is behind the huddle, the quarterback. They're the sort of the unofficial leader of the team. But yeah, I mean, I, I think the good news in the CFL is um, you got... Uh, you don't have like you know the the number of teams that you do, so there's always a good chance, and, and some of the other leagues, sorry, that you, there's always a good chance of, of a repeat if you can keep the core together, and I think that's the biggest thing. So uh, good luck to the Argos. Uh, you like the Argos now too, don't you? Yeah, they're a great team to watch, and um, they're going to do great this year. I think they're going to have lots of success this year. Great stuff. Okay, everybody, I'm going to go local for my silver medal, and it's going to be a shout-out. We, we've, we've actually taken this opportunity, Ashton, which we do with every episode on our platforms, is to shout-out to our special best-of guests. And here's another great one, a great long-time chum of, of mine and yours. Listen to me, everybody. The CEBL, the Canadian Elite Basketball League, is some impressive professional basketball it is the summer answer to great um, sports and entertainment. The great news was, is that the Hamilton Honey Badgers team is now the Brampton Honey Badgers team. They're going to be playing out at the CAA Center. So if you haven't had a chance to, or if you haven't had a chance to see CEBL basketball, it is amazing. 
And we got our hometown team in Brampton that's going to debut this year under the leadership of team president, longtime chum, Mr. John Lashway, who joined us on episode eight of Champs and Chums. My fearless prediction is that the Brampton Honey Badgers, who last year as the Hamilton Honey Badgers won the CEBL title, will also repeat. They'll do it in Brampton and you and I will be at the parade, Ashton. What do you think about that? Yeah, that would be great, and uh, that's that's where the Brampton Beasts used to play. That's right, but Beasts no more. The Brampton Honey Badgers are holding court, if you will, everybody, and they're going to win the CBL title this summer. You watch. All right, Ashton, it's now time for the uh, the big prize, the big medal that we're going to hand out for fearless sports predictions. Stare in that sports crystal ball. Get behind that microphone and share with our loyal nation of champs and chums fans your gold medal winning prediction for 2023 in sports well i've picked my gold medal of the crystal ball and that is going to be that well i've grown a passion for this team um for the jays actually and my crystal ball prediction and my gold medal will be that the jays will win the world series ah I, Ashton, I, I've just fell back in my chair. I've just fell on the floor. I'm barely actually reaching behind this microphone, fans, because Ashton just told me that the Blue Jays will win the World Series, and I've been struck with Blue Jays fever, Ashton. Prescribe me now. Oh, my goodness, you got me so excited here. Why do you think... Our beloved Toronto Blue Jays will race the third World Series in the history of their organization. Well, you know, I think um, they got they got uh, great pickups: uh, Dalton Varsho, um, Kevin Kiermeyer, Chris Bassett. Um, all those guys are they're just great players. You you know, they have the speed. They have. They're uh, bat swinging. They're left-handed too. Some yep. of these guys, like uh, sorry, not not uh, Bassett, but uh, uh, Varsho. Yeah, yeah, and um, and Kiermaier. And uh, I mean, it's good they got some left-handed uh, hitters, and um, they certainly got the catching ability as well. And um, you know, I think the Jays just have a great team this year, and they're gonna pull through. And uh, win the World Series because, well, we we kind of talked about this last night. We kind of said that the pitching, the well, the pitching, well, like the starting pitchers would be first Alex Alec Manoa, and then great great uh, great anchor guy for your staff, your number one guy, yeah. Kevin Gosman. Yeah. What a great what a great performance he had in game two. Unfortunately, that it just sunk after after he left the game, and uh, and uh, Schneider pulled him. Um, Chris Bassett would be your number three guy, then Barrios, and then um, if he comes back, if he makes a return after Tommy John surgery, Hunjin Ryu will be your fifth. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, imagine if he comes back, or imagine if we see a different kind of uh, Yusei Kikuchi taking the fifth spot yeah, so yeah. you know i mean yeah this 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 uh this uh jay's team has got a lot of weapons i really like what uh ross atkins and uh, mark shapira have done on the field um they've addressed 
what I believe in their lineup last year was a far too predictable right-handed hitting team. They went left. They didn't rush when some of the bigger prize free agents, you know, um, signed elsewhere. Let's not forget Ashton. Uh, we mentioned some big names coming to uh, the Jays, some of the new acquisitions. Mr. Brandon Belt is now uh, among the lineup in your Toronto Blue Jays, a two-time World Series champion. Yeah, that's a that's a big pickup for the Jays as well. I mean, what position would he play? Well, he probably, uh, you know, maybe play a little bit of first to uh, offset... Uh, Vladdy. Vladdy, the odd, give him a little day off. Uh, he might play some DH... I think, you know, uh, Belt can be one of those guys that can play different positions. In fact, I think he's actually played the outfield as well, too. So he, he's he's multi-purpose. But what I do feel he brings, he brings a pedigree of winning, of a winning culture. And I feel like the Jays, with their acquisitions, guys like Kiermaier, Varsho, Brandon Belt, Chris Bassett, these guys are performers. They're serious about winning. And I'm not saying that the guys that... Uh, unfortunately uh, have left the organization like uh, Teoscar Hernandez and Lourdes Gurriel, namely. These guys were incredible performers for us. But, you know, sometimes you need that ingredient of having winners around you in any kind of sports team to take it next level, as the Jays call it. So, boy, oh boy, it's going to be exciting times down at the Rogers Center. The newly renovated Rogers Center, Asha. What do you think about some of those renos that are going to debut on uh, on opening night? Well, there's it, it's going to be beautiful. I mean, uh, I, I can't wait to see it. I can't wait to see what it looks like. Uh, they released some videos of them, of them working on uh, the Rogers Center, and um, it's going to look great when it's finished. Well, it's going to look amazing. And you know, Ashton, we were uh, very fortunate to be out for the uh, wild card series when uh, out in the outfield. I think those two seats that we uh, sat in are ripped apart right now, and it's now part of Social Park, as they're calling it. Yes. Out in the outfield. They're doing some amazing things there again. So, I mean, you know, I'd love to have Ross Atkins or Mark Shapiro on the show. Like, these guys are so bright, so smart, and they're making the right moves, and I, I feel really good about the team. And if you're saying they're going to win the World Series... I'm going to book some time off work. They're going to do it. They're going to do it. Because I'm going to be there for the celebration for sure. All right, everybody. We're down to the the last gold medal, a very special one that's going to go out to uh, uh, from from not only just dad, but also I know uh, son Ashton is feeling this too. I'm gazing deeply, intently, brightly, with big eyes into the sports crystal ball, and everyone, my gold medal and my fearless prediction is not fearless. It is absolutely 100% confident. In fact, Ashton, it is going to be a slam dunk of a prediction. The Raptors 905 will win the G League title this spring. What do you think about that, Ashton? That is 100% true. I agree with you. They're going to do it. They're going to do it. Why? What do you think? Well, well, let me tell you why I think. Well, you know, you go first because I know you're a big 905 fan. Well, they have a great offense. Um, and I got Christian Coloco as well. And uh, he he's uh, great, great for defense. And uh, they have many great uh, shooters, many great uh, defenders. And um, with that, you kind of have your uh, all-star Raptors well, 905 there. Well, let's name them. Because we have to, and, you, and these guys have all signed your shirt, pretty much, except one. But, uh, it, you know, the ball can go through Reggie Perry, 
for a big man, Ashton. And we stood next to that man, and he is one impressive tall being. 6'6". Six, six. Yeah, a massive man. Uh, I, I, I look like I was a, a miniature doll <laughs> standing next to that guy. Anyhow, long story short, the ball runs through him. He's got a soft touch off the boards. He can drive the key. Then you couple that with a guy like uh, Ron Harper Jr., who from his own dad should have some championship pedigree, the one and only Ron Harper Sr., who won five NBA titles for the Chicago Bulls. So you kind of know this man's got some pedigree there. And then you think about guys like Jeff Doughton Jr., um, Saban Lee, although he's getting a lot of NBA looks. I would see his contract continuing. You got a guy, uh, um, you know, uh, I'm trying to think of some of the other players, or David Johnson, who's been playing really well, had a, had a winning bucket as well too. Uh, and then you got a guy like Joel Wieskamp who played last year for the, I think it was the Brooklyn Nets, Ashton. You said uh, the Spurs. Oh, it was the Spurs. My apologies. I had the, the right color of the jersey, but the wrong team. Uh, I just think that they, they're that, and they're well coached. You had a chance to talk to the captain of the team, the coach, Coach Corey. What did you think? Well, he was a great guy. He was really enthusiastic um, with his uh, group, and... Um... He he's uh he he's a great coach and um you know I I could see him leading the nine oh five to the G League title. Well, he's an analytics background too, right? He's got an engineering degree. He's a really smart smart guy, right? So you couple analytics utilizing and analyzing those numbers, you combine that with hard work, sweat, determination. You got a championship, everybody. So there you go. Take it to the bank. There is a father-son fearless sports predictions. It's been an awesome segment to kick off the new year, but Ashton, you're going to take us to break. This ends our father-son free-for-all segment. More father-son fun talk coming up. You're listening to the Champs and Chums podcast. father-son fun talk you're listening to episode 41 of the champs and chums podcast and ashton it's now time for a next edition of our best of segment and what an outstanding guest we have for our fans this month hey ashton i got two questions for you my man are you ready to take it to the house here on episode 41 sure am are you ready to lay out our welcome mat here on champs and chums of course well, our very special guest is a popular name, face, and voice to fans of Canadian sports. His multi-platform talent and sport experience shines on his star-studded resume of accomplishments. Reporter, show host, guest insider, features writer, and correspondent. From network sports to national news, our special guest is a consummate professional of his craft. His early media experience featured work as a reporter and writer for CBC Sports, The National Post, The Globe and Mail, and the CFL. In 2013, his talent and hard work saw him appointed to the legendary network TSN as a reporter. He's gone on to star for the CFL on TSN, MLS on TSN, 
reported on more sports, including the Leafs and the Raptors, a major contributor to the TSN essay series, and just last month, broadcasted on the biggest of world stage in Qatar at the FIFA World Cup. Our best of guest has made vocation his vacation. His magnificent talent to share stories with readers and viewers is powered in part by his educational pursuits. He holds an honors BA in professional writing from York University and a master's degree in journalism from the Toronto Metropolitan University. Ladies and gentlemen, we're pleased to be joined by broadcaster of soccer, football, and TSN media personality, Matthew Shinetti. Matthew, welcome to Champs and Chums. Uh, you know what I have to say, first of all, thank you for that. It's really humbling uh, when someone goes out of their way to um, t- to basically go through my career. I, uh, I, I really appreciate that. Uh, it is great to be on with you guys. Uh, it's uh, it's 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 after hearing uh, an introduction like that, it, it really feels like my pleasure. Oh, well, Matthew, we're touched. It, it is our pleasure. We're just so delighted to have you on the show. Um, you know, it's uh, there's really no off season in sports and looking at your resume from top to middle to bottom, it's so decorated with so many great experiences. So for Ashton and I uh, to have you on father-son fun talk about sports life and friendship, it is a real treat. So we're really looking forward to it. Um, yeah, and I mean, you know what? It's uh, like I said, you just off the heels of an amazing experience, I'm sure. And we're going to get into that uh, with, with all your broadcasting of the World Cup for TSN. And then... And then there we were turning on the television last night and and saw you with Jay Onright on SportsCenter talking about, again, there is no off-season, talking about the Bo Levi Mitchell signing by the Ticats. So it's, we're, extra, we're extra lucky to have you on the show because we know how busy you are. <laughs> no, you know what? It's, uh, it's, it's always fun to talk sports, and especially with people who are passionate about it. So you guys lead and I'll follow. Oh, that's amazing. Good stuff. Well, uh, Matthew, it's Dad over here to the left of the broadcast booth. And... Uh, just wanted to, if you can start off, I mean, we've just talked about your, your decorated career, your ascension from a writer to a reporter, now a broadcaster and a host for uh, the work you do on TSN. Why don't you take the listeners through um, some of your early interest and ambitions to get into sports journalism and sports broadcasting? Originally, I actually wanted to be a political uh, reporter uh, when I went to Toronto Metropolitan University for my master for my master's degree. My, you know, I guess you could call it a thesis or a major research project was actually going to be on Alberta politics, and um, I was very lucky to write for what they call the Review of Journalism, uh, and it's this kind of long form magazine. Uh, and I was also lucky enough to, to do a profile on current CBC sports writer Chris Jones, who at the time was at Esquire. And I spent a lot of time around his contemporaries, um, feature writers like Tom Juno, who write these extensively long and very detailed features. And the one thing that was so awesome was being able to pick the brains of these writers and really understand their passion for sports. I had long been a fan of, of soccer, but uh, to go ahead and, and hear about what it takes to write some really, really incredible stories uh, was was really cool. So I kind of started researching writers like Gary Smith, who used to do so much great work, award-winning work for Sports Illustrated. And uh, at that time, I, uh, I decided I was actually going to cover the Canadian men's national rugby team because no one was following them and paid my way to England and spent time with the team back in 2011. And 
at that time, it was uh, it was a real cool experience, and that turned into a, a long form feature, which I then uh, took to the uh, took to the National Post and was able to get uh, two internships out of it, and <laughs> spent about 13 months at the Post as a newspaper reporter and cut my teeth doing that. And you know, ultimately, it uh, I was very fortunate to, that it landed me a job at TSN, and, and and there it went from there. But really, it's about it's always been about the storytelling for me and the ability to write great stories. Uh, that I've always really, really enjoyed. Love that answer, Matthew. And you know, um, uh, you know, me spending time in the sports communication space, being passionate about sports and and sports media. I, I when I hear you share that that answer with our fans, I, it's a, it's the capitalization on J for journalism that I, I think it's it's so beautiful to hear that. Uh, I almost think it's a bit of a lost art form in this world of social media. We'll get into kind of the rise of, of how social's been involved, but to hear you talk about the real spirit, the purity of journalism and reporting and storytelling, that, that's amazing, and we, we see that play out so much in your work. Um, I know we got you in a good spot um, with, um, with the interview as well, too. A little bit of sound coming in and out, but I know we got you in a good spot now because you sound great. Um, so I wanted to... Uh, to ask you, uh, and you mentioned it in, in uh, hearing some names as you, we, you, we talk about a lot on Champs and Chums about mentors and how mentors play a big role in, uh, well, not, it could be young and old in, in a career in life. And I wonder if you can talk about who you feel some of your greatest mentors were and how they helped you build success as a journalist and a broadcaster. Uh, I'd say my, uh, <laughs> really the guy who I owe a lot of my career to maybe too is, uh, Rod Black, uh, I'm oh, sorry, excuse me, Rod Smith, uh, Blackie would, although I do so, I owe a lot to Rod Black too. I spent a ton of time with him in the That's uh, right. number of broadcasts. A- episode um, 39, best of guests, shout out to a friend of the show, Rod Black, yeah. Yeah, uh, Rod Smith, um, the, I mean, no one has a voice like Rod Smith, and uh, well, I mean, Chris Cuthbert has been uh, integral to my career. It was him who uh, who kind of gave, gave a good word to TSN for me, and Next thing you knew, I uh, I had a screen test and and uh, convinced some somebody of something because here I still am and it, it's always been really important to me to to uh, spend time with and enjoy the company of of people who who really take their craft not seriously but not too too seriously in the sense of they know when to have some fun and they know when to keep it light but guys who know that it, it, this as you two well know that this is a business that takes a lot of time a lot of patience. Uh, and, and often, uh, a lot of work, uh, long hours over weekends and holidays. So it's, uh, those guys were always so good to me and always said, you know, it'll take years and years and years before you know who you are in this business. And, uh, they were, they couldn't be more right about that. Oh, that's great. It sounds like you had an amazing network and you continue to have an amazing network of people, uh, that surround you to, to help you with, uh, so many things in sports life and friendship. Good stuff. Uh, so Matthew, it's now, uh, my turn and now my time to, uh, pass the football over or, or, or kick the soccer ball over to my best of chum Ashton, who's got some questions for you, our best of guest Ashton, take it away. Matthew, just last month, uh, I saw you um, broadcasting the World Cup, and uh, I've seen you a number of times broadcasting the CFL. Uh, can you share with the fans uh, some of your personal career highlights? Well, Ashton, I uh, I have to say, first and foremost, doing the World Cup has been, uh, you know, that, that, that was a highlight. Uh, feeling very humbled to have done that. Um, but I go back to even following the Canadian men's national rugby team. Anytime I've spent a lot of time with the team, been able to embed myself with the team, get to know 
athletes, um, you know, apart from uh, the World Cup, which, you know, I could go on and on and on about. I think I want to pay particular attention to uh, my time covering the Canadian women's national hockey team. Uh, I was at the 2018 Olympics and had the chance to spend a lot of time around um, Marie-Philippe Poulin and just to see the passion with which those uh, women play their sport on the professional level was was awesome. That was a career highlight, but uh, how can I not say I've been lucky to cover the Daytona 500, to cover uh, ten, oh, I think about nine to ten great cups, but five on the sidelines. But more than that, really, it's been anytime I get to interact with fans has been really cool. And the CFL has really provided me a bunch of opportunities to interact with fans because ultimately that's why I tell the stories I do. I feel lucky that it's not just journalism, it's storytelling. And to be able to interact with fans and, and know that those, they're connecting with those stories on an emotional level. And, and many have told me that, you know, some of those stories have changed the way they look at sports and athletes and, and even different aspects of their life. That's when, you know, whether it's just a regular season game or a playoff game or you're at Leafs practice or anything you're doing that it matters to people. And um, if they're taking time out of their day to watch me, then it's a real privilege for me. Well, and, and I just want to pick up on that, Ashton, if, if you don't mind, because I just want to acknowledge actually a great story. And, and Matthew talks about connecting with the fans and, and he does such a tremendous job of doing that. And, you know, he doesn't really owe that to anybody. But Ashton, why don't you share that great story and the whole busyness of the Labor Day Classic is probably Matthew's thinking about post-game and all these things, how he, 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 um, he addressed us and uh, wanted to share an experience with us. Well, yeah, um, he was uh, uh, coming back from uh, off the field and um, he came to us and he was... Uh, uh, really, really kind enough to uh, take a picture with us and uh, talk to us a little bit. And um, I think, you know, socializing with the fans of your sport is probably one of the best things, best experiences you'll probably you'll ever have. Yeah, and I just want to say, Matthew, I appreciate that as a dad as well, too, because when I kind of hollered over to get your attention, I wasn't expecting anything, but you were so gracious to do that, and it was a nice father-son moment for Ash and I, but just want to let you know how grateful we are that you, you do that with the fans. Yeah, it's, it's, it's always really important to me because I know how, certainly there's been a lot of hard work that I put into um, what I do, but it's, uh, I feel very lucky that people want to take want to take time out of any part of their day to, to hang out with me so i never take that for granted great stuff and and i mean you know the people's choice everybody because as you know matthew uh with every cfl broadcast you did it as well too during the world cup you style and profile out there i tell you which is incredible i want to know where you get the suits and and certainly those game day chucks because uh i i got up my wardrobe because you certainly lead the way in that my friend yeah, uh, it's always been important to me to, to be authentically myself. And um, up until I went to TSN, I didn't know how to wear a suit. And I barely knew how to tie a tie. <laughs> I, uh, I I remember uh, one of our steam cameramen, Tim Moses, said, listen, I'm uh, I'm tired of helping Mark Masters tie his tie all the time. So you better figure you better figure it out on your own. So um, I've always wanted to be uh, just authentically me. And so that's really important in the shoes I've worn my goodness uh, for since I was in my early twenties and it's just become a part of who I am. And, um, 
to be able to wear those shoes with the great suits that I get from shout out to Ira Breton and Breton Co. Yeah. <laughs> on uh, on King Street East in Toronto. Um, uh, it's just you feel if I've always felt that if you um, people will, especially on air, they'll size you up by the way you look. And I think if if you're going out there looking your best, sounding your best. Uh, coming across as your best and, and it doesn't have to be wearing a suit anything that makes you look like you, you're enjoying who you you are and what you're doing uh that's really important to me so the chucks have been around since oh my goodness uh to 2000 2008 oh, totally. 2007 2008 have been there since the start of my career and i'm not taking them off anytime soon well i tell you that's great stuff to hear and yeah you definitely uh you style your profile and that's great to hear that the personal touches that you make you look great uh, you sound great and uh this is coming. A certified champs and chums acknowledgement there. Sorry, Ashton, I kind of hijacked the chat okay, here. You, okay. you go on to the next question with Matthew. Uh, Matthew, what are some of the greatest lessons and words of advice your parents have shared with you? Um, very lucky that uh, you know my mother um, spent a lot of time in around the media industry. Uh, in her long career. And uh, she always, I remember she gave me the best advice uh, when I got the opportunity to TSN. I was, I was a little skittish because I'd never worked on, on TV before. And uh, she said to me, you know, Matthew, there's tens of thousands of young men and young women who would want your opportunity. Uh, so just go out there and give it a shot. And, um, you know, that, that included not just the, um, uh, not just the, the highs, but also the lows too. You know, I've, I haven't had great live broadcasts, especially when I, when I started my career, I, I had some struggling times and, you know, for me, I always came back to how fortunate I am to have that opportunity and to, and to know that with this, with this opportunity comes another piece of advice I received from my father, which is for those who are given much, much is expected. And to have an opportunity like the one you have at TSN is, is it, it really hands you the, uh, the, uh, the responsibility of saying, Hey, you know what? Um, I'm on national TV. People are spending the time, as I said before, to watch me. So not that take it too seriously, but make sure that you're always thinking about your craft and working on your craft from certainly the style that you, that you uh, give off the brand that you give off the, that also goes into the work that you do and, and always look for ways to explore new things, try new things, be, the best person you can be and that's that's really really important so you know the way i look at it you, uh, you know all together it's i'm i'm knowing what my parents have kind of taught me and watching them uh, and the hard work that they put into their livelihoods I t i've taken that in my career and i never take any day for granted you're listening to episode 41 of the champs and chums podcast this is our best of segment we're here joined by our special guest broadcaster of soccer football and TSN media personality, Matthew Shinetti. It's Anthony and Ashton in the broadcast chair. And uh, uh, Matthew, I would love for you to share with the listeners on, you know, what a sports game day looks like. I mean, with all your great experiences, um, you know, it doesn't matter the sports. There's always an excitement and an energy of game day. And especially for someone that's on the broadcast team, there's, you know, the fans should know and get an appreciation of all the details and all the important thing that's involved. So I'm just wondering if you can share with the listeners what a, what a sports game day looks like for a, a national network broadcaster. You know what? It's, um, I am a creature of habit. Everybody knows that. So for me, it's uh, you get up. I, I typically like to do some final prep work, write some hitch down, look at, look at my notes, any final questions that I have for the producer, I usually write them down. 
And then, to be honest, for a few hours beforehand, my mentality is I can't obsess over the things I'm doing. Um, I know my information. I know what I'm doing. It's not just the preparation the night before. It's the work that goes in the days before, the weeks before, the months before, the years before that all lend themselves to what I do on that game day. So after I've done my, my morning notes and looking over depth charts or looking at hits I want to do, I go to the gym, I work out, I get a sweat on, and then I, uh, I come back. And I tend to like to, uh, to, to, to have a little bit of a, a lunch and then I get ready. And sometimes when you're driving to Hamilton from downtown Toronto and given the, the traffic on the highway, it can take a few hours, but I'll get to the, uh, I'll get to the stadium. And uh, I do bring with me as, as, as I'm well, <laughs> I'm known to do, I bring to, with me a big salad and I bring myself a, a nice booster juice. Although I'm not, uh, that, that, that is not a, aber- that is not an advertisement. <laughs> Just, oh, that's uh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's just a, me being a creature of habit. And um, for those who know me on game day, I'm, I'm usually walking around. Um, I, I, I have been known, uh, uh, and a few NFL players who've come up have looked a little quizzically at me, but I'm known for wandering. I like to wander around the field, talk to guys before, um, you know, before they get padded up. Um, you know, I usually listen to the uh, the teams, their communications, their coaches when they want me to bugger off a little bit. And it happened in Calgary this past year where Mark Killam, the, uh, the special teams coordinator with the uh, Calgary Stampeders, told me to, 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 to exit stage left and get off the field as his guys were preparing because I was asking questions of uh, a few of his players. And um, it's something I love to do because I'm very high energy. So as we're getting close to broadcast, I, I kind of soak up the energy because that's what that's what helps me be the best I can be. Once the once the camera lights come on, and uh, and to be honest, when I'm prepared and I feel good uh, in a crowd of whether it could be you know five people, uh, ten people, fifteen thousand, twenty thousand, twenty five thousand, or come great cup time you're, you're pushing 35 40,000 people and you know at the world cup lucky enough to, to be on the field around over 40,000 people that's that's when I really kind of soak in the energy and do my best work so uh, and even if that uh, all those things can't happen on a game day that's okay but as long as my energy is up high come uh, come time that uh, that the show's starting uh, I'm usually in a good space Matthew who are some of your favorite athletes of all time and why you know, as uh, growing up, I was a, I was a, a young boy, Ashton, who who was searching for my own sense of confidence, and I and I actually gravitated towards some of the more confident, notoriously confident athletes uh, in sports history. So you're talking about Joe Namath with the New York Jets, who famously predicted uh, the Jets' victory in Super Bowl three. Uh, just that swagger that he had with the. Uh, he would wear these enormous fur coats on the sidelines back in the 70s. Now, I never watched Joe Namath live, mind you, but, you know, I've always, you know, I've read countless biographies of him and, and, and just when he was on the field, good game, bad game, touchdown or interception, he always exuded a confidence like he was the guy. And the other guy who ticks that box for me is Eric Cantona, the legendary Manchester United forward who, although, yes, he had a bit of a run-in with uh, – with the authorities back in, in 1995, when he, uh, he ran into the stands and kicked a fan who was, uh, who was badgering him. Uh, I don't, I don't take it after him on, on that regard, but his confidence, he notoriously would walk around chest up, chin up. Uh, and, uh, to be honest, as I was growing up and, and looking back on the games that, uh, Eric Cantona played it, a lot of the way I walk and hold myself is, is what I learned from him. And, uh, Having, you know, being somebody who never knew he was going to be on TV and had no idea he was going to be, be on TV, 
you know, looking for that confidence um, in the athletes that I looked up to, uh, knowing that the moment was never too big for them. That's something for me. I always think, yeah, physically I'm never on the field and I, I have no idea with like the lay your body on the line, the way that, you know, male and female athletes do. But the one thing I understand is that mental approach when everything is, you, you have to execute right now. And I always look at Eric Cantona and Joe Namath as two guys. When the moment was right, when the moment was right, it was never too big for them. Matthew, my dad and I are huge Argos fans. And well, in fact, so much so, uh, this is audio, as, as, as you, we all well know, all 41 episodes. But, uh, um, Matthew, we've been to two of the East, consecutive Eastern finals with the Argos. And Ashton, if, you, if this was video, you'd see he's wearing the, one of the shirts that they gave away. So he's kind of got the A, A for Ashton, That's A awesome. for Argos on there. Yeah. Anyway, sorry That's to interrupt, Ashton. <laughs> and um, uh, with you being the big uh, Argos insider... Um, what will it take for the Argos to repeat as Grey Cup champions? And do you think they will repeat? That's a great question, Ashton. And I think a lot of it has to do with what Mike Pinball Clemens has long talked about, building consistency and continuity throughout the lineup. Because the Argos, uh, much to the chagrin I, I know of the Hamilton Tirecats, uh, have won more Grey Cups. Uh, it's probably <laughs> as almost as many Grey Cups as, you know, the, the Tirecats have won in the last 50 years. The Argos have won... Uh, in the last, well, 20 years. I mean, you think about, uh, you know, them winning in 2004 and then the 100th Grey Cup and then the infamous game in the snow in Ottawa and then the amazing uh, the amazing comeback led by Chad Kelly uh, to cement uh, uh, really a, a win that, uh, that ended the opportunity for a dynasty for the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. But building that consistency, understanding who's going to be your quarterback. Is it going to be McLeod Buffalo-Thompson or, or is Ryan Dinwiddie going to give a shot to Chad Kelly? Finding consistency in the running game. Is Andrew Harris going to come back? Uh, if not, how do you go ahead and build uh, an offense You know, from, from, from the quarterback position out that is going to build that culture that Mike Pinball Clemens has directly drawn a line to this is the success that we're going to need to have so it's a it's key in building that fan base up i wish every argos fan and many people in the city of toronto were as passionate as you and your dad are but i really think ultimately what's going to be so key for the argos going forward is uh is making sure that come this free agency uh they go ahead and keep some of their big leaders like a jagera davis type and and what happens to Obviously, too, Enoch Mwamba, knowing that now he's climbed his mountaintop and he will forever be a champion. Um, he Apparently, he will be designing the rings, as I've been told by, uh, by those in the Argos uh, Association. But what really is going to be helpful for the Argos going forward is building a core lineup that they say, OK, yeah, we're going to have some players who are going to get opportunities in the NFL. You think of Jamal Peters, who had an amazing year as a defensive back. But all told, if you can keep a core group of guys who are saying, hey, we're invested in the Argos cause then I think uh, they will have an opportunity to, to repeat. But with Bull Levi Mitchell not going to Hamilton, it's going to be really, really tough. This is going to be an incredibly exciting year, but the Argos are the champions, and they're the champions until someone takes the crown from them. That's right. Tremendous insight there, fans, from uh, CFL Insider, someone who uh, you know follows the game on a consistent basis, uh, whether it be in-game, off the field, in the dressing room, and certainly the off-season. Lots, lots, of, lots of big moves, and uh, yeah, I agree with you. Uh, uh, Matt, I mean, just even having that one-two uh, punch in the backfield when they had A.J. Willette and Andrew Harris, I mean, 
Um, it'd be interesting to see how that's all going to take shape. But uh, yeah, lots, lots of fun things ahead and certainly encourage all the fans to get down to an Argo game. It's a really great time. Um, Matt, this has been great already. And uh, we, we just uh, want to ask you a few more questions. You've given us some really great time here. Um, uh, we talked about it earlier. We can hear in the way you deliver. We can see in all the great stories that you've shared. You have this thirst for the story. And um, having said that, with all the transformation and innovation and sports media coverage, it just seems like we're in this unprecedented time where sometimes I feel like, you know, the, the real spirit and the purity of journalism, you know, only gets watered down by, you know, whether it be a breaking news or a scoop or and, and it could be someone on network television or just someone, you know, just sort of pounding a keyboard on Twitter or something. But I would love for you being in the space to share uh, your perspectives on how that world has changed for you, even as you started uh, with TSN in 2013 and um, your perspectives on how you think sports media coverage will take shape in, in the future. I think what, what you found, what you've seen over the last 15 20 years really well 25 years since uh, pti came into uh, the public consciousness on espn in the united states is the, is that we've entered the generation of the hot take and the hot take has permeated on television it's gone on to uh broadcast it's gone on to social media and and you can you can parse it down as much as you want uh, it's been here for a long time on on uh, sports radio but i i do think it's it subtracts a little bit from uh from telling good rich stories but what's so great about especially working at a place like TSN and coming off of the uh, the World Cup is you can still go tell those great stories using all those platforms. You can tell a great story on a broadcast. You can tell a great story on, on, on SportsCenter, whether you want to watch SportsCenter on your TV or on your phone. You can tell a great story on TikTok if you want to build something out for 30 seconds, 90 seconds or uh, three minutes or five minutes as TikTok allows you to do, or you can go and build a story on, on, on Instagram. It's all about trying new things. And, you know, it's something I've tried to do successfully, not successfully in my career, but I've never, I've never said to myself that I'm not going to try something. Uh, I, I love doing digital sports center with, uh, with my good friend, Marissa Roberto. I love trying uh, brand new avenues of, of content making through our features department or on broadcast or on social media or on sports center. Uh, I think what what we're trending though towards is I think a, a more personalized version of, of sports and, and and sports and the sports watching experience for the fan. I, I think that streaming is going to be big and, and personalized streaming is going to be big. And but what's go- never going to be watered down, I think, is the, the 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 love and the desire for a rich story. And I think if you look through every single big broadcast. The best stories are the ones that grab you. It's the reason why you watch. And even though journalism is is really my job, I think my job is also to be a little bit of a salesperson because I'm trying to pull you into a moment and I'm trying to sell you on a moment and and, and all the people in that moment. So where we go from here, uh, I wish I had a crystal ball to tell you what uh, what the next big app is. I'd be making a lot of money if I did. But the one (laughs) thing I will say, one thing I will undoubtedly say is irrespective of, of where you are as a sports fan, I think consuming it um, through your phone, through apps on your TV won't change. But I also think sports fans are always, always, always looking for a good, rich story. And yeah, sometimes that comes in a hot take, but the time taken to tell stories, we told some great ones during the World Cup. Dejan Buchanan, my colleague Rick Westhead, told stories about Milan Borean and Tiba Hutchinson and Ismail Kone. I think those fans still want to hear those stories, regardless of the platform. Yeah, that's some really uh, bright, deep insights here from our uh 
our uh, sports insider, uh, Matthew Shinetti. Uh, Ashton? Matthew, you've had amazing academic success, uh, like an honors degree in professional writing at York University, my dad's uh, old university. And you, you said no, not your dad's old, but it was my old university, right? Yeah. <laughs> Just to get that straight. <laughs> okay, it was '96, Matthew, when I when I graduated from York. So we can do the math after. But anyways, go ahead, Ashton. <laughs> and a uh, master's degree in journalism at Toronto Metropolitan University. And uh, with that said, can you talk about the importance and the value of education for young people? It's it's integrally important, Ashton. I think if you're not going, one thing about learning is that there's always a new exploration for your mind. You can't learn anything. It's impossible. And the human experience that we have and, and this gift we call life, we, you won't ever learn everything, but you can always go ahead and try to find um, new avenues to pursue and new things to do and new ways of, of, of exploring things. And I think school is the best way to do that, not just through what your teacher is telling you, but accepting the views of other people. And that's key. When you know, I, I was very lucky when I went to Toronto Metropolitan University to be the only student who was involved in sports journalism. Everybody else, everybody I knew were political journalists or they were crime reporters or they were city reporters or they were urban planning reporters or we had one lawyer who was doing some law reporting for a little bit. So everything uh, that you get in that ecosystem of the classroom is important. And the classroom is changing right now. We know that as, you know, it's changing as sports media is changing. But if you allow yourself to accept the views of other people, um, even those you disagree with, and but learn and understand and, and, and maybe see where there are co intellectual compromises, you'll find that your perspective will grow. And the one thing about telling a good story is you have to have varied experiences in your head. You know, everybody loves to watch sports, but to be able to go out and speak to athletes and understand where they come from and their stories, go out and spend time with them, go out and, and take risks and try new things, that all helps your experience. But you only get a basis for the methods and the ways of doing things uh, by going to school, but more importantly, by having conversations with your fellow students. And Ashton, you get the uh, benefit and the treat for the last question on this best of segment with Matthew Shinetti. Matthew, what advice do you have for young kids looking to become a star broadcaster and journalist just like you? Know when and where to take the opportunity. I oftentimes when I was younger would say, you know, what is your threshold? What, how be willing to say yes to everything. But I've switched that now to, to understanding your opportunity and understanding your opportunity means yes, part of it is sacrificing time and, and maybe sacrificing not other experiences, but knowing that it's going to take a lot of work and a lot of time. But if the right opportunity comes along and you're committed to that opportunity, then be all in on that opportunity. And you know, I, I have been very lucky in my life to have been around so many great broadcasters. And one lesson I've heard over and over and seen over and over and over again is when the moment calls to you, when you're, when you're in front of the camera, when you have an opportunity to be at an event and, and to give your best, give your best and have no regrets because having regrets is the one thing that, uh, that is going to go ahead and, and lend itself to you. Maybe looking back on your career and saying, I could have, I would have, I should have, and I did not So, um, always be ready and willing to look at the next opportunity, whatever opportunity that is. And if you say yes to it, make sure you go all in. 
Oh, what an outstanding way to end our best of segment. That's uh, TSN media personality, Matthew Shinetti, who's joined us on episode 41 of Champs and Chums. And Matthew, um, just want to thank you so much for, um, you know, you talked about it in that brilliant uh, final answer on this segment about opportunity and time. And we, we are so grateful that we've had the opportunity to speak with you um, and for the time that you've given. I mean, and, and just, I, I should have mentioned this at the outset, everybody. This month, January, Matthew uh, celebrates a decade, 10 years at uh, TSN. And um, the evidence has shown all the proofs and the decorated experiences that he has um, from one sport experience to another, uh, sharing stories from one platform to another. I, I, I can hear this on our, on our podcast and all the fans of you hear this and see this on the platforms that you broadcast on. That thirst, that passion to learn and tell a story is just beautiful and brilliant. So we're very appreciative. And um, just before we, uh, we sign off, I'd love for my chum Ashton to say a few words to you. Well, uh, Matthew, thank you for coming on the show. It's been an honor having you on. And, uh, you know, I've, I've seen you do the World Cup. I've seen you multiple times um, do uh, the broadcasting for um, the CFL. And you've done amazing. So, Matthew, thank you for coming on the show. Really appreciate it, guys. Great questions. It was my pleasure talking to you. Great stuff. Ashton, you're going to take us to break on episode 41. This ends our father-son best of segment. More father-son fun talk coming up. You're listening to the Champs and Chums podcast. Welcome back to Champs and Chums. Happy January. Happy New Year, everybody. We hope you're doing well. We hope your year is off to an amazing start it's anthony and ashton in the broadcast chair so glad that you're with us here for episode 41 our first broadcast of 2023 and ashton it's now time for our all pro go segment that's right our all pro go segment is a did you know sports spotlight so in all our previous 40 episodes fans you know that ashton gives you an opportunity to listen in on a special sport where we're going to tell you a lot more about. Ashton, what are we going to talk about on this segment? And take it away. We're going to talk about flag football. Amazing. And I mean, just off a wonderful best of segment with uh, TSN media personality, Matthew Shinetti. Here we are continuing the football theme. Ashton, ready, set, hut. Flag football is a variant of American football where instead of tackling players to the ground, the defensive team must remove a flag or flag belt from the ball carrier, which is called deflagging, to end a down. The sport has a strong amateur following and several uh, national and international competitions each year sponsored by various associations. In flag football, contact is limited between players. The international governing body for the sport is the International Federation of American Football, IFAF. Uh, In 2022, the flag football was shortlisted as a proposed uh, discretionary event for the 2028 Summer Olympics in Los Angeles. Well, Ashton, can I interrupt or can I intercept the pass there? Pardon the pun. Uh, because that's actually big news. 
I mean, I, I and I will go into this maybe after you're finished up talking a little bit about the history here of flag football, but the fact that we're looking at 2028, which is not a long time away, Mm-mm. that flag football could be a demonstration sport, I think shows on how far they moved up the field. Did you like that pun again? Yeah. So good stuff. Well, keep going. Let's talk, hear more about flag football. Uh, the create, well, the here's the history. The creation of the game, the game of flag football can be attributed to Porter Wilson, who is the man who invented flag attack belts and flag flags used as, a, as equipment to play the sport. The best available records to date point to the early 1940s during World War II as the sport's a starting point. The game began as a recreational sport created for American military personnel to help them stay fit, but was designed in a way that could, that would help prevent them from becoming injured during wartime. At the time, it was called touch-and-tail football, which then became flag football after the war ended. First known recorded history of flag football can be traced to uh, Fort Me- uh, Meade, um, Maryland, U.S. Maryland, Maryland, wow. USA, which is no, now generally accepted as the sport's birthplace. Wow! The first national flag uh, football organization, the National Touch Football League, was formed in the 1960s in St. Louis, Missouri. Uh, since 1971, the league has had a national championship game. Well, that's impressive. That's uh, just a little bit older than your dad. That's flag football, Ashton just ending, heading into the end zone, talking about the National Touch Football League, 1971. They've awarded a uh, national championship game. So there you have it. Well, Ashton, I can tell you this. I am very familiar with flag football. I mean, I I kind of uh, uh, played some flag football at high school. Uh, I wouldn't say it was organized, right? I mean, yeah, you played in gym. So, yes, I guess I should say it. It was organized. It was a lot of fun. And what was actually even better and, and made it easier for me is I didn't have to, you know, put on the, the, the all, all the equipment like, you know, that you would when you play like, you know, tackle football. So um, it's still an aggressive game, flag football. Um but as, as we kind of re, uh, reflected, uh, you actually had some exposure to flag football, too. Well, tell us about that. Yeah. Um, well, it was a summer camp that probably took place around 2017, 2018. Yeah, we're dialing back about 2017, 2018, yeah. Um, and it was a sports camp, like all sports camp at uh, summer camp at um, the uh, Save Max Sports Center. What a beautiful facility that is, too, yeah. everybody. Sorry to interject, but yeah, the Save Max Sports Center, if you if you saw it on our social platforms, was where Ashton and I did that wonderful uh, video promo announcing Matthew Shinetti. Yeah, and um, it, it, was a, it was a great experience. I mean, you know, flag football is a different kind of football that I, I actually I would consider playing because, you know, it's not really that hard. You don't have to... As you said, you don't have to put on all the pads and uh, your helmet, and you just have to put a flag like uh, around your waist, and um, that's how the game goes. I th- I think I would be a good wide wide receiver because I'm good at catching. You will, and I mean, listen, tackle football or flag football, the principles remain the same. Yeah, you gotta you gotta uh, if you're a wide receiver, you gotta put your mitts up, your hands, if you will. 
catch that ball with your hands, juke and jive, evade the tackles, and head all the way for a touchdown. Good stuff, everybody. Well, that's flag football. That's our all pro go segment. And you're listening to episode 41 of the Champs and Chums podcast. Father-Son Fun Talk, you're listening to episode 41 of the Champs and Chums podcast. And Ashton, it's now time for our signature segment. That's right, everybody. It's our Champs and Chums segment where we salute our stars on and off the field. And uh, Ashton, I couldn't think of a better way to kick off this uh, new year in honoring uh, some wonderful uh, Champs and Chums uh, for this segment. You ready to go? Yes, I am. You ready to throw one in the end zone? Yes. You ready to put one through the uprights? Yes. All right, everybody. Well, you kind of get a sense of, the, of a theme here. And this actually all spins off like a good uh, running back does off the tackle. This kind of goes a little off tackle and on theme, though, with our best of guest, Matthew Shinetti. Um, T- TSN on uh, CFL on TSN broadcaster who stars on, on, on that uh, program, Ashton and I began to think of the wonderful collection of champs and chums that have come from, that have been involved in the world of Canadian football, either as an athlete or a broadcaster. And Ashton, we have been blessed. We are so grateful to have so many uh, best of guests who are champs and chums that have made incredible in- impacts for Canadian football, either behind the microphone or on the field. So everybody, we're going to reminisce, and we present to you our champs and chums in a clean sweep of Canadian football. Ashton, take it away for your first champ and chum in this whole great sweep of Canadian football. My first champ and chum is uh, Neil Lumsden. Well, yeah, Neil Lumsden, who uh, came on episode 14, and I know you'll talk about his son uh, uh, shortly, because uh, he's got an impressive resume as well, too. But uh, yeah, I mean, uh, what was it like to have uh, Neil Lumsden, a Grey Cup champion, on, on the show? That was episode 14, Ashton. Yeah, well, uh, they were amazing. Their experiences um, playing uh, in the CFL was just amazing to hear about and uh well now we have to recognize that now uh neil lumsden is now the honorable neil lumsden well ashton how smart of you to and and quick of clever of you to mention that because he's always done big state big things on the football field on the stage of the football field being a uh, multiple great great cup champion in those dynasty years in the 80s with the Edmonton Eskimos as a slot back as an all-star went on in some tremendous sport leadership positions in um, in uh, sport but yeah I mean uh, what uh, for some of the fans who don't know Ash and why don't you share with what uh, our episode 14 best of guest is up to now so now the Honorable Neil Lumsden is now the Minister of Tourism, Culture, and Sports. That's right, the Minister of Sport, Tourism, and Culture. I, I can't remember what the order is in there. I, I, I will Tourism, Culture, and Sport. Tourism, Culture, Tourism, Culture, and Sport, the Honorable Neil Lumsden, our Episode 14 guest. 
a great in Canadian football and now doing some great things in public service in a very, very prominent role working in, uh, in the, for the Ontario government on, under uh, Doug Ford's, uh, um, um, Premier Ford's uh, cabinet, one of the key players there, a key player, champ and chum, uh, Neil Lumsden. Um, well, Ashton, uh, maybe I'll, I'll, I'll uh, chime in now. You can pass the football over to me and recognizing our sweep of Canadian football champs and chums. You just heard him uh, just a few segments ago. That is CFL on TSN, TSN media personality, Matthew Shinetti. I am so impressed, and I'm sure you were all as well, too, fans. And listen to this. I'm going to say young man, right? I mean, he uh, debuted in 2013, January 2013. He has now been uh, representing Canada's, uh, uh, one of Canada's biggest uh, national sports networks for a decade and you can just tell with the way he speaks, all his wisdom and inspiration. Um, it's no, uh, it's no surprise on why he's been so su- successful as a uh, as a as a young rising broadcaster in the field. So he's the current uh, one of the key sideline reporters for the CFL broadcast. He does features as a host. Uh, he's an insider. He was just actually at the time of this recording. There he was. I was watching television last night, Ashton. And there was Jay Onright on the big sports center, you know, the big TSN sports center desk. Yeah. And then he brings in up on the big screen to talk about the CFL happenings. There was our guy, Matthew Shinetti. So shout out to Matthew is another champ and chum on this segment. Ashton, over to you. My, well, my champ and chum, my second champ and chum is Jesse Lumsden. That's right. Another great episode 14 guest who joined his father and this is son. And what an impressive resume he has. Ashton. What was it like to have Jesse on the, on, on the show? Well, it's the, it's probably the same for Neil. I mean, he, he shared his experiences in football and uh, what, what it was like on a game day. What, what his uh, routine was, how, how amazing and how, how interesting it can be when you just love the sport and you love uh, the fans and the passion. Well, and i tell you one thing, and I, I remember that father-son interview very well. November of 2021, it was around, um, sorry, it was October, my apologies, October, getting ready for the Grey Cup. And what what uh, Jesse talked about, and, and you could see this obviously play out in his, his, uh, his amazing resume, is he became a multi-sport athlete. And when he had the, uh, the injuries that might have hampered what would have been truly a, 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 uh, you know, a year-to-year all-star uh, career, he took it and he, and he motivated himself to actually represent his country in the sport of Olympics through bobsleigh. And I remember what he said to you, Ashton, about how important it is to have a curiosity about things. If you have that natural sense of curiosity about things, you'll always want to learn. You'll always want to push yourself to experience new and different things. And that was one of the things among many in that great episode 14 uh, best of segment. So if you haven't had a chance to listen to it, October 2021, the great father and son CFL football duo and uh, now sports leaders themselves, uh, Neil and Jesse Lumsden. Good stuff. All right, over to dad for... um, for another 
uh, uh, credit and acknowledgement to an amazing champ and chum. And that is going to be a legend in Canadian broadcasting, the one and only Rod Black. Rod Black is, you look uh, top, middle, to bottom at this gentleman's resume of all of the amazing things he's done. I mean, I, I just, I, I actually trying to think of someone who's had so much depth, richness, and such professionalism and in and, and the way that he actually approached his craft. And among all of the amazing things that he does, he, he has done and continues to do uh, in the world of uh, uh, sports and broadcasting, CFL was one of his big ones. He was a, he was a lead broadcaster for play by play. We were lucky to have him Ashton on episode 38 as, uh, as Rod said, 38 special. And it sure was special to have him on the program. I had a chance to work a little bit with him in the world of uh, world of golf. And, um, I mean, you know, his, I think it's seven time Canadian screen award nominations, uh, you know, it just, you know, all his accomplishments, uh, we would be taking an entire hour to talk about the amazing impact he has made. Uh, so versatile, um, so multi-talented. We had him on episode 38. He's rich in a lot of sports and he certainly was rich in his, uh, his talents for CFL football. So shout out to, uh, a legend, Rod Black. Ashton, over to you for uh, to continue this great team of champs and chums uh, in the world of Canadian football. My champ and chum is uh, Lisa Bose. What an amazing lady. What an amazing broadcaster, an incredible human being. And yes, Ashton, she did have a lot of involvement in, uh, in her time at TSN. She was actually one of the uh, the hosts of uh, CFL football for some of the games out west with Calgary, the Stampeders. Also the Blue Bombers, if I recall, as well, too. And Lisa would have actually, as well, during her time, whether it be at the score, even at TSN, CTV, done a number of features and uh, reports news items uh in the world of canadian football what a great pick ashton what was so special about um uh your conversation i know there are many but what were some of the highlights of your chat with uh and that that fans was episode 26 back in october of 2021 i believe Mm -hmm. sorry i might have actually mentioned let's see neil and jesse lumsden was october of 2020 and uh 2021 was lisa bose Wow, it's just so many to remember now. But yes, episode 26. Ashton, take it away. So, uh, yeah, she talked about uh, her uh, her um, reporting career. And uh, she, al- she also talked about the experience of being a reporter and being... Uh, she also talked about being, being uh, a reporter for the uh, Calgary Stampeders and Winnipeg Blue Bombers. It was a great interview, and also I, w- I want to say something. Uh, Lucy Tries Baseball is coming out in, I believe, April, and um, she has lots of good books, uh, just to name a few. Lucy Tries Basketball, Lucy Tries Hockey. It's Soccer. Th- yeah, Lucy Tries Soccer. Th- there's a lot of great books to read, and um, uh, Lucy Tries Baseball coming out in April. 
Yeah, that's right. Our episode uh, 26, Best of Guest Lisa Bose. Uh, I've had the pleasure of uh, teaming up with her when I was in the wide world of sports. It was so amazing to have her on and for her to give her time. She's a, a busy, uh, very successful um, uh, author now, a uh, children's author. She's doing amazing things with the Lucy Tri series. She also does uh, many public speaking engagements. So, so great to have her on the show. And what I, I, I heard from you as well too, Ashton, of all the broadcast experiences. And, you know, she was uh, among the trailblazers for women in sports broadcasting, Ashton. I mean, she, uh, with all her great work at uh, TSN, the score, CTV, she really helped mentored and set a, set a great trail for women in the sport. And that was really important to do that. Um, and, and now we see, look, I mean, so many, so many impressive uh, women who are leading, leading the way in sports broadcasting. So shout out to our, uh, our champ and chum, Lisa Bose. All right, good stuff. Um, Ashton, it's over to me now, I guess, to complete the roster. And um, this also has a great network television uh, component as well, too. And uh, this, this, uh, this gentleman was on episode 22 and what a multi-talent he is. And if you go into his resume, you'll know that he had a touch of Canadian football. And that was episode 22 best of guest, Brad Smith. That's right, everybody. Brad Smith, uh, formerly of, uh, of CTV Breakfast, tel- uh, sorry, City TV Breakfast Television. Uh, he was uh, the, the, one of his featured uh, um, uh, roles on television was on the, the network television series, The Bachelor. Uh, some may remember him there. He continues to do amazing things on network television. Um, he's done some things on The Big Bake as, as host of that. Uh, a number of projects. But his sports resume, and think about it, his, his collegiate uh, records that he smashed and all his um, all-star accolades when he played in the, uh, I guess at the time you'd say the OUAA, was was tremendous. I mean, him and Lumsden would, uh, Jesse Lumsden would have played quite a bit. Um, Brad donned the jersey for the Toronto Argos. He also uh, competed and played for the Edmonton Eskimos. So, and let's not forget, there's an amazing father-son connection there, Ashton, because his dad, Senator Larry Smith, was an impressive Canadian football player as well, too. He started for the Alouettes and... Uh, I mean, he, uh, in fact, uh, uh, Larry Smith, his dad, Ashton, ran the Canadian Football League as commissioner. So that was a great episode. You don't want to miss that. That was actually Father's Day, Ashton, 2021. Yes. Let me get this right. Father's Day, 2021. No, that episode, no, that was uh, episode 22 was uh was brad smith so um that's a big shout out to some amazing people that have been champs and chums um in the world of canadian football good stuff everybody well we got a little bit more show to come and you're listening to episode 41 of the champs and chums podcast Welcome back to Champs and Chums, and Ashton, it's now time to put a, a bit of a bow, well, actually the final bow, on a amazing kickoff segment to 2023. Uh, 
How do you think it went, man? This is our first show of the year. I think it went great, and um, I think we did an A A plus all star on this episode. I think we did too, my man. So uh, as I always do for all 40 episodes, and now I will ask you in our very first episode of 2023 here on episode 41 of Champs and Chums, Ashton, what did you learn today? Well, I learned that Matthew's uh, game day routine is all star. Well, he certainly went into great detail, and I think that's what's great about the greats, Ashton, right? And uh, we talk about it a lot on this show. When you're prepared, and you prepare not just for eating, actually didn't even just talk about game day. He could be preparing for week 16 and week 4. He can be doing the research that's required to get some more information on the team. He took us through the journey of what he does on game days, whether it be, you know, making the drive up from Toronto to Hamilton or or whatnot, um, uh, whatever the venue to get a feel, to walk around, to talk to the players, to talk and get some tidbits from the coaches. You know, uh, I actually heard him as well too. He goes to the gym, right? Right. I mean, you know, so fit that he can fit in those great suits. I I feel I got work to do when I see him (laughs) grace the the television screens and, and looking so great and sounding great as he does for his nation of fans. So yeah, that was a great one. What else did you learn here on our first episode of 2023? Well, uh, in Matthew's interview, he told us some great words uh, from his parents, and they said to take advantage of every opportunity that comes to you. For sure. And I mean, isn't that, isn't that the way of life, right? I mean, when, sometimes, you know, you have to be uh, great uh, and lucky to have great things come before you. But to take it to the next level and actually to put punctuation into the grade is actually what you do with what's in hand to you. And there's a great example of how Matthew took us through his travels of, you know, working through as, uh, you know, many, uh, many times. And he said it himself, right? I mean, sports reporting, where he originally was thinking to get into politics, I mean, both require a massive amount of endurance and commitment and purpose to the craft. And, uh, yeah, whenever an opportunity is in front of you to take full advantage of it, that is some great words by his mom and dad. Um, great stuff. What else did you learn? Well, I also learned that I, I didn't even know that there was a uh, flag football league. Well, I'll be honest, my man, neither did I. But that's what's great about Champs and Chums and all the research that we do getting ready for the show and all the marvels that we figure out and we, we master all the different tidbits of information. You, you kind of learn something. And yeah, I didn't know there was a touch football league and, and let alone just a touch football league, a national championship that's been going on every year since 1971, Ashton. And, and furthermore, that the home of, of flag football, and I, I don't have the, uh, the, the actual town in front of me, but its roots come from Maryland. Yep. Amazing. So there's the stuff I can prove that I've known talking about flag football. So once again, a fantastic show on Champs and Chums. We want to take this opportunity to uh, to give the game ball a big game and great a great thanks to our best of guest, TSN media personality, Matthew Shinetti. It was so awesome having him on the show just only weeks after being in Qatar on the biggest of world broadcast stage in sports, the World Cup. 
all the wonderful stories, wisdom, and inspiration he shared. Thank you so much to, for Matthew, uh, for having him on the show and having him join us. Ashton, who else do you want to thank? We want to thank the Power Girls and Uncle Dennis who helped produce the show. The Power Girls and Uncle Dennis who've been very there, very, who've been there from the very beginning is what I want to say. Uh, of Champs and Chums. You guys have been so instrumental, such big fans among the nation of Champs and Chums fans. We, uh, we, we love and adore all the work that you do and so appreciate what you've done for us uh, with this fa- father-son project, Champs and Chums. Ashton, let's let the fans know it's a new year. If they haven't had a chance to listen to us, where can they subscribe and check us out? They can check us out on iTunes, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Amazon Music, Google Play, SoundCloud, Stitcher Radio, TuneIn, Podbean, and CastBox. That is a lot of world-class platforms that Champs and Chums are on. Most recently, Ashton, Amazon Music. And a great way to kick off the new year, listening to all our great episodes. And uh, if you want to check us out on social, we'd love if you give us a follow. We're on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube. We're even on TikTok, Ashton. At Champs and Chums, our website, champsandchums.com. Ashton, this is going to be a gigantic, a jubilant signature fist bump for January, my man. Thank you so much for joining us, everybody. And as we always say, Ashton, cheers cheers to champs, cheers to chums, and cheers to an all-star day. Thanks for listening. listening.